Hello, and welcome to the Amara Podcast. I'm Carrie Hansen. Today, we are going to focus on Allie's Prom Project, a nonprofit located in Tacoma that our emergency sanctuary staff connected with several months ago. At Amara, we talk a lot about the different ways people can get involved to help support youth who are experiencing foster care. They can become foster parents, volunteer at our emergency sanctuaries, provide donations of clothes or other items. And even with all these opportunities, there are still gaps that are missed, needs that go unmet or unseen. When someone can identify one of these gaps and has the drive and creativity to fill it, communities can benefit in amazing ways. One agency in Tacoma that recently helped Amara meet the needs of a teenager staying at our emergency sanctuary is Allie's Prom Project. A couple of months ago, well before COVID-19 and the stay-at-home, stay-healthy order was issued from Governor Inslee, a few of my coworkers and I went to Tacoma to meet someone, Allison Joseph, who did just that. Hi, we've just arrived. We headed up a staircase in an unassuming strip mall in Tacoma, and at the top of the steep stairs, we found ourselves in a truly amazing space, Allie's Prom Project. Allie led us back to the main dress room, which was filled with hundreds of dresses in every size, color, and style you can possibly imagine. It was seriously impressive. And then we start in here. This is the dress room. Um, what? It might even look... Wow. That it's is crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I see. This is short, and then so this is the back part. So it's short, and then it's long. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So we have all different styles and yeah. styles, obviously. So everyone usually is able to find something. Yeah. Um, and then we have the four fitting rooms here. So pretty. And then there's a fifth fitting room back in that corner okay. um, that we use. So all the short dresses. Allie walked us through the rest of the space, which included a shoe room and a vast collection of accessories. So shoes are kind of a challenge for us. We started something new two months ago doing an item of the month. Mm. And so every month we'll just be like still collecting all donations, but really pushing for one uh-huh. item. Shoes have always just been hard to get donated. And mm. I think it's because we can wear the same pair of shoes with 10 different dresses. Allie's prom project came about several years ago after Allie... I'm Allie, and I am the founder and executive director of Allie's Prom Project. Attended a meeting for foster parents where someone mentioned the challenge of all the expenses of going to a high school dance. And I'll let Allie take it from here. My husband and I were at a meeting for foster parents with our local state representatives, and one of the foster parents that was sitting in front of us had her two teenage daughters with her, they were asking kind of needs that foster parents have and gaps in services and things like that for kids. And one thing that she brought up was the expense of paying for them to go to prom because she had a house full of teenagers. They all had their dance at the same time. And um, despite the monthly reimbursement that she received from the state, it wasn't enough to cover all of them going in, getting their hair done, getting their nails done, dress, shoes, everything. So she actually didn't pay her power bill that month in order to be able to afford to send her kids there. And at that point, I just started thinking that I knew that I had my prom dresses still in my closet. That just gave me the idea um, that I could collect some dresses from other people. 
for um, fellow foster parents to be able to come and just borrow from. So I posted on Facebook just asking my friends if anybody had any dresses and the post got shared a ton of times and I just ended up with people wanting me to meet them and dropping off dresses on my front porch and mailing me dresses from the East Coast and within a couple weeks we had hundreds of dresses in our house. This little idea quickly grew into something much larger and started to feel overwhelming. But with the support of her family and community, Allie found a way to keep going and started to see the impact her vision could really have. So it kind of just took on a life of its own. And I just remember one night crying, like all the bedrooms were, our boys were sharing a room. We had two other rooms, our garage, everything was full of dresses. And I told my husband, I'm like, I'm going to the Goodwill tomorrow. I'm dropping everything off. Like this wasn't what was supposed to happen. What am I going to do with all these dresses? And he's like, no, it is what was supposed to happen. Like it wasn't what you had envisioned, but it is what was supposed to happen. And, you know, we'll figure it out. And so... The first year, we just did a pop-up at the Tacoma Police Department at their headquarters. They let us use their conference meeting room there, and so we borrowed some racks from a local business and did just one day, and I think 12 or 15 foster youth showed up and got their dresses for prom, and that was really kind of my aha moment because it was just about like really helping foster parents with the expense of a dress and helping the foster youth being able to go to the dance. And I didn't realize the actual impact that it was going to have on them until we had our first pop-up and then could see the difference in the kids after they came and got their dress. And it just was like a complete different person walking in than who walked out. And from that first pop-up, Allie's prom project just kept growing. Spring of 2016 was our first prom, and then last year we gave away over 350 dresses. We've gotten so many donations that then we were able to expand to serving all low-income youth as well. So now it's not just limited to the students that are in foster care, but also those who have free and reduced lunch um, or a foster care placement letter, or also if they have a referral from the school. We have to date served students in over 45 different high schools from seven counties. And I say kids, it's hard because you think dresses and girls and stuff. And so um, it's easy to kind of slip up and say that. But we do have a lot of trans um, students that come through or students that identify as male but still want to wear a dress to their dance. And so I don't want to, it to sound like a lot of times people are like, oh, how many girls or how many it's the dresses? Because I don't ever want anyone to feel like they're limited from being able to come and get a dress. We had actually a student that came in a few weeks ago from a local high school. She got here and then she was like, well, do you guys have like tuxedos? And I said, we don't. Do you want one? And she's like, yeah, I do. And her caseworker, she was like, and she's like, I'm so sorry. We've been talking about a dress for like three weeks. She never said a word that she wanted to wear a tuxedo. But maybe she just wasn't comfortable to say that. And she was hoping she'd be able to just show up and get it and not have to make a big deal out of it. And she couldn't. So I'm glad that she was comfortable enough to ask here. And then I was able to call, make some phone calls. And one of the local rental places, actually, the I talked to the manager there. And she was like, send her over right away. And we'll take care of everything. And they were able to get her a tuxedo and so she was able to go and be comfortable in what she wanted to wear. 
Amara recently connected with Allie's prom project when a teenager, who we'll call Katie, was staying at our emergency sanctuary with her younger sisters. So we found out that uh, Katie had a dance that she wanted to go to. Hi, I'm Laura, and I work at the Amara King County Sanctuary as a therapeutic child care specialist. But she was torn, was like really upset, saying like, I can't go because of the situation I'm in. And then all the sanctuary staff rallied together and were like, we're going to make this happen. And then the program manager reached out to the director. He did all the behind the scenes, but he just told me when and where, and and I showed up. <laughs> he just called and asked if they could bring a girl in for a dress, and of course the answer is yes. Um, but it was really just figuring out the, the logistics of it, and um, the whole staff at the sanctuary just seemed like they were willing to bend over backwards in order to make it happen for her, and we were more than happy to do the same here. Coming to the sanctuary was not an easy transition for Katie, but the staff were dedicated to providing her with the support and care that she needed, and they soon learned that her desire to go to homecoming was about so much more than just wanting to go to a dance. It was about wanting to be a kid. The biggest thing was trust, so we needed to um, break that barrier of trust because they did not trust us because they don't know who we are and we don't know who they are. Um... So one night, we, her and I had like a conversation. We were sitting on the couch, and so we talked about our feelings and just like very upset, and that's again, we talked more about the dance, and she was just like, I just really want to go, and, and like I don't like going to school, but like I just want to be a kid, and was saying like I can't be a kid. Like I'm just never going to be a kid again. I'm just going to have to be an adult the rest of my life. So we talked about that, and then um, she shared with me a rumor about her that was going around at school and we talked about how like people it's not people's jobs to define who we are and that we have to like change that we we don't have to accept that um it's not their place and so we are the ones to tell them like no and we make an impact by showing up in that moment it was like something lifted and we knew something about each other it's like okay you got me and i got you we also had a moment where we got the littlest sister to sleep by eight. So she had the whole evening to herself and she just cried with me because she was like, I've never had this much free time from her. <laughs> um, and she just like, it was, again, the trust was built. Since Laura had developed a bond with Katie, she really wanted to be the one to take her to get her dress for the dance, even though the appointment had been made during a time Laura wasn't scheduled to be at work. Everyone wanted to take Katie <laughs> to get her dress, and we all, like, all of us had a bond with her in different ways. But I asked, I was like, I know I'm not working that morning. Any chance I can take her to, to get the dress? Because the person that was going to be working day, she had never met this person. So I was talking about how, like, she would do it, and she would feel okay with it, but there could be, like, a bit of uncomfortableness, like, you're doing this very special, very like, it could be emotional moment with somebody you just met. <laughs> so I was like, can I do it? Um, and we were trying to figure it all out. And then I found out that I was chosen, not chosen, but I was like, yes, you can do it. Um, which meant that I worked an 8 a.m. shift until midnight. So I worked all day. Which I did not mind. I loved it. So we called her over and we like sat her down and we explained that we're going to go to this place. And 
that we just really want to treat her. She was like, yes, wait, really? You're doing that for me? And we're like, yeah, we like, we're told you we're going to make this happen. And she was like, thank you. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how many thank yous I heard, but many. And then just the tears came down. She was like, thank you. Like, thanks for like, I feel like a kid. Thank you. On the day of the appointment, Laura drove Katie to Allie's prom project, and they talked about what kind of dress she wanted. The deeper impact of this opportunity to make their own decisions and get something they really want, not what others want for them, is something Allie sees all the time at her organization. She was, oh, I don't know if I want a short dress or a long dress. At the end of the day, you gotta go with your comfort. And she was like, okay, okay, comfort. And then she told me that last year she had a blue dress and that she knew her sister would be like mad if she got another blue dress. So she's like, I just, I can't even look at the blue dresses. I just can't. And I was like, well, if you find one that works. And we're just talking about different ideas and designs. Um, and then we got here and we looked around and we tried on different dresses and she ended up getting a blue dress. She did, and it was funny because it was a dress that I had randomly found, like somebody had recently donated it, and it was in like another rack, so it wasn't even out on the floor yet, and I had found it, and I just thought it was so cute, and her personality was just, it looked like it would just be perfect for her. I was like, I know, I know you really don't want to do blue dress, but do you, what do you think about this style? Like, would you want to at least try it on? And then she did, and she was like, oh my gosh, I love it. It's, this is the dress. Um, and she was just, it was, it was like, it was made for her. It was just the perfect dress for her. But what was kind of interesting about that too, was that she was like, wouldn't even look at dress, blue dresses, wouldn't even try on the blue dresses. Cause she wore a blue dress last year, but then that's what she ended up with. So it was almost kind of like, she went back to like, what was comfortable for her. And then nice that she chose what she wanted for herself because it was her sister that didn't want her to have a blue dress, not her. Um, and so that's, what's really neat about seeing, you know, a lot of the kids that come in, they'll have a lot of pressure from their friends or family members or whoever that are telling them like, no, this is the dress that looks better on you. And so then we kind of get to have that intervention moment that's like, well, when you came out in that dress, you were like this different dress. You were standing up straighter. You had a big smile on your face. You seemed really happy. How do you feel in it? Their family members and friends can hear us having this conversation with them and only with them of like, what do you feel best in? It's your body. It's, it's your dress. It's your dance. It's your pictures. What do you feel the best in? What do you want to wear? Katie took her blue dress back to the sanctuary, and even her sister agreed it was perfect. That morning at Allie's prom project was also Katie's last day at the sanctuary. Afterwards, um, I learned that she ended up in a home that was like over 100 miles away, so like three hours. That was because the siblings were able to stay together, um, which is important. But at the same time, then it was kind of bittersweet because now she was not only able to go to the dance that she was really wanting to go to, but it was sort of like her final goodbye to all of her Mm -hmm. friends and her last hurrah with them all. And then to have it be at a time where she's dressed up, she feels beautiful, she feels good about herself, and they're dancing and just having a good time and being carefree and not like she's at school in the hallway having to tell everybody that she's not coming back tomorrow. And she actually texted me 
Um, and she sent me a picture of herself and said, you know, thank you so much. And so that was really neat to hear that back from her because we don't typically hear from a lot of the kids. Sometimes parents or caregivers will um, send us a picture or something, but um, not very often. So it was really neat to see her and all dressed up and knowing that person that she went to go live with actually made the trek to get her back up there and get her to her dance and do that. So just a whole really big group of people that were rallying for her. This experience of community support is one of the most significant impacts Allie's prom project has, and it's one Allie did not see coming back when her home started filling up with more and more dresses. The opportunity to be supported and surrounded by adults who are saying you are most important person right now. What you want matters, and we are all here to support you. This positive attention and time has a huge impact on the youth who walk through her organization's door every day. And so for her to be able to experience like a whole couple of days where she knew that she was first, you know, she knew that like, they, yeah, and that people are willing to like come into work early to drive her down to do that. And, you know, that we're willing to come in here and open up just for her. And then that this other person is willing to, you know, late at night driver all the way up there and I'm assuming wait for her until the dance is over and pick her up and all that was just all for her. That type of attention can be life-changing to a child who hasn't necessarily been able to experience that before. Like almost everyone and every place, Allie's Prom Project has been impacted by the COVID-19 crisis. Since all K-12 schools in Washington State are closed for the remainder of the school year, there are of course no proms, no homecomings, or any other events or dances. Allie's Prom Project is not making appointments right now, but Allie is, of course, continuing to support her community. She's been working with communities in schools delivering meals to families who can't access meal sites and food banks. Communities in Schools is a nonprofit that partners with the Tacoma School District to provide additional support and resources to children and families. You can find out more about Allie's Prom Project, including how to get involved, on their website, www.alliespromproject.org. That's www.alliespromproject. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.